I'm Sammy. And I'm Nicole. And And we we are Spooky Sleuths. Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome back to Spooky Sleuths. Today, we are going to tell you all about our experience at Fairfield Infirmary. We're so excited. Take it away. So, as per usual with our spooky episodes, we'd like to give you guys a little bit of a backstory before we get into our experience. Mm -hmm. If you want to see some footage from the infirmary, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. At Spooky Sleuths Pod. All right, let's get into it. Fairfield Infirmary is located in Lancaster, Ohio, just below Columbus. It was built in 1828 as a poorhouse. A poorhouse is an institution where paupers, or a very poor person, were maintained using public funding. It was kind of like your homeless shelters today, but most people didn't leave there once they moved in. Prior to Fairfield Infirmary, township officials were responsible for the homeless and poor people in their townships. Township officials were called Overseers of the Poor. That's a classy title. Yeah. The population of paupers became too high. The population of paupers. Say that six (laughs) times. It became too high and county officials constructed what we now know as Fairfield County Infirmary, a wooden building. Now, the people living in this poorhouse were admitted for various reasons, including mental health, physical health, and even drunkenness. Oh, okay. Residents even composed of orphaned children and those with disabilities. They were referred to as inmates. That's awful. It automatically stigmatizes you. Like, it's already a poorhouse. Like, it already has a terrible name, and then you're referred to as an inmate. The Lancaster Eagle Gazette in 1927 referred to the residents as pathetic figures who have no longer any connection with the outside that is awful. Like, if your mental health wasn't good to begin with, all of... That's all not going to help. The way that people talk about you isn't helping. Very quickly, the original building became filled and was at capacity. In 1840, the county officials built a new brick building to replace the original structure. Okay. In 1865, they needed even more buildings in order to function properly. They built a laundry facility, a tenant house storage, and farming facilities. The farm was ran by the residents, which is what we're going to refer to them as because inmates is very... Yeah, residents or patients, because later they become patients, so... Purpose of this farm was to sustain the residents, but they produced so much on this large farm that they actually sold their crops and livestock. So they, they funded themselves as well. I mean, I guess I don't know if that's good. If you're already down on your luck and living in a poor house and then people are making money off it right because to give you an idea of how little the residents themselves had natural gas lines weren't ran until 1917 so prior to 1917 they had no heat in the building for reference the early 1900s is when natural gas became common we experienced how cold that building can be without heat and it was actually pretty warm outside yeah it was a warmer day Water lines weren't run until 1926, so prior to that, they had to use natural springs and groundwater, which you can still hear today. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until 1958, though, that they had electricity, which was common in homes in the 1920s. So they were like 38 years behind the curve. Life in the poorhouse wasn't always awful. The community would host or sponsor events at the facility to help the residents out. 
County officials would have dinner with them. Residents in Lancaster would donate Christmas gifts to some of the residents, and they had ice cream socials. Well, that's nice. You know, at least they're doing something to try to lift their spirits, I guess. Whenever you think of some of the other places that wound up being institutions, essentially, they they didn't get that. Right. Like the institutions I know of anyways, like Willowbrook, they didn't, they didn't have that ever. Local bands and orchestras would even come to play music for the residents. Okay. It kind of reminds me of like how today nursing homes have people come in and perform yeah, for their residents. Absolutely. The poorhouse continued to take in people. At its peak in 1903, it housed 82 residents. Some of these paupers spent the majority of their lives there. Of course, in a place like this where people are living there for their entire lives or are living with physical and mental health issues, there's going to be death associated with the building. Right. That's just natural. When residents would pass away there, they were typically buried in the cemetery behind the infirmary. If residents were not claimed by their family, they couldn't afford a cemetery plot at a different cemetery, or if they were an unknown traveler, they would be buried in what is called a pauper cemetery. Many of the graves are unmarked either because they didn't have a tombstone or due to the tombstone being destroyed. There are a few still standing. We were told by our tour guide that there was three. Yeah, three or five, something like that. Yeah, very for how many bodies are buried on that property, there are not nearly enough tombstones. Yeah, and we didn't find this in our research, but we found it out there that between the infirmary and a house on the property, so like basically the front yard is filled with bodies as well. There's over 1,600 bodies in that space. That they use ground-penetrating radar to find, yeah. And they're they are not, whenever you think of somebody being buried, you think of them, you know, laying, laying it out, get, you know, resting in peace, not here. To save space, they buried their dead straight up and down because you can pack more bodies in that way. So when you're walking in the grass, you're walking on their heads. Because you didn't know. You didn't know where any bodies were and there were over 2,000 bodies there. Yeah, because there was between the different numbers that I heard about 1,000, yeah. Let's talk about one of the deaths on the property. Okay. We're going to speak about the death of Jane Householder. Jane was a resident at the facility. In 1929, she was 73 years old and opened a gas stove. She caught her clothing on fire and her body was burned severely. Oh, that poor woman. When attendants heard her screaming, they smothered the flames with rugs and summoned a doctor. The doctor tried to care for Jane and she ended up succumbing to her injuries only nine hours later. Oh, that poor lady. While this person didn't die in the event, one of the more well-known stories is that involving the superintendent being attacked by a resident. And this was Superintendent Hummel, we found out there. Yes. In 1924, they attacked the superintendent while they were working in the fields. The resident struck him in the head with a tool he was using to stack hay. They were captured, and that's all we know. Other deaths in the property include those from unaliving themselves, illness, and natural causes. And two wardens unalived themselves, right? Hummel, she didn't say Hummel unalived himself, but he died on the property. And then another one unalived himself in the, they call it the White House. It's a house next door on the property. That the owner. The owner now resides in, yeah. In the 1960s, Ohio University bought the farmland across the road from the infirmary. They established a remote campus on the land. During this time, the infirmary's population was decreasing due to an increased interest in social safety and elder care. 
thankfully. Yes. Their residents change from paupers to more so the sick, elderly, and disabled residents of Lancaster. Okay. The facility remained open until 1985. There were still 16 residents when the facility closed, and they were sent to either nursing homes or foster homes. Were you alive in 1985? Bruh. No, I was not alive in 1985. 1986, which I also was not alive then. <laughs> the cat. <laughs> The county remodeled the building to make it more safe. They added a sprinkler system, enclosed stairwells, emergency lighting, and a fire alarm. This was done to make the building suitable for county offices, though. So we couldn't have a fire alarm in where people are living, where a bunch of people are living. Or enclosing the stairwells. Yeah. No safety. (laughs) We did not care about the safety of the people we were housing. And now that we're talking about, like, they enclosed the stairwells, this building, every the main staircase, you can go left or right, but one side of it is closed off. Like it splits into two different ways you can go up, and one of the sides is always closed. Yeah, one of the sides will not have a door. It's like another staircase to nowhere. This and we crazy. always got it wrong. We always tried to go up the wrong side yes. the first time, which it's the second set of stairs on on these stairwells weren't weren't long. Like, as soon as you rounded the corner, we realized we would mess up. But, but yeah, still. <laughs> After the remodel, they changed the name of the building to the Clarence E. Miller Building. Now, the once Fairfield Infirmary was the home of the county's health department. Oh, okay. The health department would stay there for 27 years. Wow. And there's still remnants of the health department there. Like, whenever you go up into the attic, they have sections marked off that we're assuming was for like storage mm-hmm. that was like health department wick yeah. different programs that they had in 2011 the bill the mail day the mail day. <laughs> in 2011 the building began falling apart it contained mold crumbling walls loose bricks all of which made it a safety hazard so in 2013 the health department moved to a modern office facility and left the building vacant mm. In 2017, the Habitat for Humanity purchased the building and began embracing its history and its haunts. Adam Kimmel, the owner of Madison Seminary as well, that we spoke about a few weeks ago, he purchased the building in 2020, and now it operates as a place where the public can come explore the past and do some paranormal investigating. Let's get down and dirty into the paranormal history of Fairfield Infirmary. One of the spirits that call Fairfield Infirmary home is named Willie. He is an apparition that haunts the second and third floors. Investigators that have seen Willie say that he seems like he is lost or looking for something. He does stop occasionally to peer out windows. All right. Another spirit is named Susie. Susie is a little girl spirit that is often seen in doorways of offices and around the morgue. She is a young blonde girl who is sad or lonely. When investigators have tried to interact with her, she disappears before their eyes. That just, shadows scare me. But remember Jane Householder from earlier? Yeah. Her spirit is often seen throughout various areas. She appears as an old woman wearing a dress. Oh, hey, well, let me compose myself. You will uh, understand Nicole's hesitation when we tell you our experience. She doesn't seem to, like, I'm about to start crying, Sammy. <laughs> she doesn't seem to be interested in interacting with investigators, though. <laughs> Sounds are also reported throughout the building. Disembodied voices can be heard, but not just one disembodied voice. 
Investigators and workers have claimed to hear whole conversations in some rooms with many different voices. That's cool. Banging sounds and the slamming of doors can also be heard throughout the building. The attic is home to unsettling feelings. The final thing that investigators experience is malfunctioning equipment. Certain areas of the building cause either equipment batteries to drain or just completely stop working. Now let's move on to our paranormal experience. Are you ready for this? No, I mean, obviously I'm struggling with this one. This one rocked me to my core. We arrived at Fairfield Infirmary a little early, which is a first for us because I am perpetually late to everything. And if we want to leave I one, we tell Nicole 1230. It's all my fault. I had a baby and now I am late to everything. <laughs> because we were there early, Adam said I had messaged Adam and he said that we could just, you know, hang out in the parking lot, but the tour guide couldn't be there till five. We're no big deal. We were just early for once. So Sammy and I got out and kind of were looking around, exploring, and we see these school buses. Come to find out, one of them is Twisty's school bus from American Horror Story Season 4 Freak Show. That was so cool. It was very interesting because there's still little things from the show, from the filming of it in the bus, like ribbons and... The cage in the back still there. Like, it's, it's cool. Granted, looking at it, like, at this point, whenever we first saw them, we, we didn't know. Didn't think, <laughs> like, didn't put two and two together. I never would have thought that that's where I would see that. <laughs> like, seeing it at a con, that would make sense, but... But not at some random paranormal location we're at. So we were out looking around. We tried to look up the hill to see if we could figure out where the cemetery was. Obviously, we couldn't because there were no heads grass. <laughs> when our tour guide got there, she was lovely... At first, you could tell that she was a little frazzled because we, we were already there waiting. Yeah, but she we apologized. She was wonderful. We went on a tour with her, and she was pointing out both historical facts and the typical paranormal activity in the building. During the tour of the basement level, a few of us heard footsteps, and Clint swears he heard someone moaning. And after the tour, we set up cameras. We couldn't set them up exactly where we wanted because of Wi-Fi issues, but we did get some clips there. We're able to set up cameras in the basement hallway, the second floor hallway, and two in the third floor hallway. We were hoping to catch the jail cell door moving, but unfortunately, we did not. While we were setting up our cameras on the third floor, Jacob, Natalie, and Katie walked to the other side of the hallway and took some pictures. One picture that Jacob got had a shadow figure peeking out of the door went with them over to where that hallway was to try to debunk it because surely we've been here alone for 20 minutes there's no way we're seeing shadow figures that's not common yeah so like trying to have someone stand in different positions in front of the emergency exit sign like yeah. seeing if anything could and katie and nat stood back while me and jacob walked to to the doorway that this had occurred in Katie and Natalie saw a large shadow figure approach and lunge towards me and Jacob. We were still trying to debunk it, and we just look over and see Katie and Nat looking weird. Katie making some sort of noise. At this point, I can't even remember what she said. I think she was going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so me and Jacob take off. I don't run, but I was like, Jacob will absolutely outrun me. I've at least got to get him He'll front leave of him. you. Trip him. He will leave you. It it was a it was crazy. I've never. And then they told me what they saw, and it's like, oh, 
Yeah. Okay, I get they it. just left without telling her what yeah. was yeah. going yeah. on. Yeah, nobody said what, what they saw. Like, we, like, I knew that Jacob had caught a picture of a shadow figure, but nobody was cluing me in that, hey, there's something real big behind you. Yeah. But after that, we got all set up and we decided to start our investigation there on the third floor since we were already getting activity there. And I want to also point out that it rained the whole time we were there and it always does anytime we go to investigate. Yeah, rain or blizzard. Yeah, it's one or the other. At Madison, it absolutely would have stormed the whole time had it not been cold enough to snow. Yeah. The, the rain made it hard to hear if there were footsteps or raindrops. It was hard to differentiate. And it was hard. At some points, I remember Dave thought he heard someone walking through puddles. There was there was one point when I it sounded like somebody was like walking through like gushing water. Yeah, and it was just hard to hear if that was coming from inside the building or if it was behind the window, like, falling off out of a gutter or something like that. Yeah, it is an old building. It wouldn't surprise me either way. Yeah. And the tour guide had told us that at one point Adam had called her that he heard loud enough water that they thought that there was a leak there. So right. he wanted her to go and check it. It wasn't. On the third floor, we started on the side of the hallway where we captured the picture of the shadow person. Sammy had the SLS camera out, and we were using the Flux 2. Flux 2 allows spirits to communicate through touching the red light for no and the green light for yes. It was getting some activity, but not much. Nothing that we could say was paranormal. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, the SLS camera picked up a figure behind Dave. They're always behind Dave. Like, they're always with Dave. Yeah, they love Dave. They're best friends. That's a story for another day. Dave moved to make sure it wasn't trying to read his hood or his hoodie. Yeah, anything on him. And the wall was clear, so we knew it wasn't that. Like, there wasn't a dresser there that it was trying to... Or a fire, to fire extinguisher or and anything. No, there, there was nothing but a blank wall. And the figure lingered for a few minutes before leaving. We'll insert a video here so you can see what we're trying to say. So make sure you go check that out on our YouTube video. Yeah, because it's pretty cool. Katie and Natalie both said they saw the shadow figure, and when it left the camera, it walked down the hall to the other end. And this shadow or stick figure that the SLS camera was picking up, it was tall. It was, it was almost to the ceiling. And the girls speculated that that was, might have been what they saw earlier in the hallway with coming up in the engine. Mm -hmm. Right. We then went over to the old female jail, jail sale. Jail sale? <laughs> I she got her her West Virginia's coming out in this. We went over to the old female jail. <laughs> Why is this so hard? I don't know, beepers. We then went over to the old female jail cell. Several areas were closed for either the winter or for repairs, so we didn't get to go to the men's jail cell. We decided to try our flashlights in this room because we finally got the the mag lights, the ones that you can actually try yeah. and use for communication. We sat out two mini mag lights on the table in the room and twisted the ends where they could easily turn on for a spear so they wouldn't have to work as hard. Right. We had a red one and a blue one. The blue flashlight immediately started answering our questions. Like at one point Dame at one point Dave said it seemed to be going off in intervals and then it switched it up. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I have only seen that on TV or in other YouTube videos, but to experience that was really cool. Like we'd ask it, did you used to work on the farm? Instant light turn on. Yeah. We said we heard Pummel was a mean man. Is that true? Instant light on. 
but the red one just never turned on. We'd wait a while before asking each question and it would answer immediately. We made our intervals different to rule out the flashlight was doing some sort of malfunction because I mean, really, you're twisting off the end, it, you know, it leaves tons of room for error. Right. I, it was happening so quickly with our questions, I don't believe it was user error. I don't think so either. And you know, we would wait 10 seconds between questions then 30, then 10, you know, trying to switch it up to make sure it wasn't just going to automatically turn on. Right. And during this session, the red flashlight never turned on. Mm -hmm. Next, we went to the morgue. We tried an Estes method there, but we really didn't get anything. Jacob and myself tried, but we didn't have any good results. Like I was hearing things come through, but none of what I heard lined up with what they were asking. Right. We spent some time in the doctor's office in the basement as well, but we got no answers. That, that room, they said that they had seen an apparition float through, so we tried using our dowsing rods. Those didn't work at all, which is crazy considering there's a spring running under that building. And dowsing rods used to be used for people to detect sources of water back in like the old days. And we- Which is before the 80s, even if Sammy makes it seem like the <laughs> 80s were so long ago. So they would naturally point towards the spring, but they didn't move at all. Back to the morgue, because I forgot something. So while we were in the morgue, there's a pipe leading down to that natural spring that is still in use, and it was used when the building was in operation to dump water from the sink after the deceased were cleaned. Fun fact, the spring leads to a creek that was the town's main water supply back in the 1900s. Yeah. The town had an outbreak of formaldehyde poisoning from the water being dumped into the town's water source. They would store food and bodies in the freezers together, the coolers together, and then wash them in the sink together. So the food that they were eating as residents here... So Which yeah. is so disrespectful and really gross. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised more people didn't die from, like, contamination like that. Yeah, and... Back to the dowsing rods, because of that spring, you would think that they would have pointed at that water source, but they, they just didn't move. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Natalie showed me where she was holding them. Like there's there's no way that she was like holding it. Even had to put her arms on the table to steady herself. Oh. After getting essentially no activity in the basement, which is where you would think you'd get all kinds of activity. Right. In the morgue. We took a break and ordered some pizza. We had ate earlier in the day before we went in to kill some time because we got there so early. Yeah. But then we we got hungry, so we ordered some pizza. And Sammy and I went to get it because I I drove and all right, you wanna you wanna tell them about your experience? Sure. What what happened while we just tried to go and get some pizza? So Nicole's texting because she's Miss Popular and has like her phone's blown up the whole night. It was really annoying. And I look over at her and she's sitting up in her seat. So there's some space between her head and the headrest. I look over through that space and I see a pitch black figure. I'm talking head, neck, shoulders, arms, torso running past our car. Every time you explain it, all I can think of is the old, the guy that's like in the grandpa and just, and get out, running. Get, yes. get out. That's what it was. It was a black silhouette running like that. 
and it had to have been like two feet away from the car because I really, I leaned up and thought, oh, one of our group members is coming out to, you know, they need something or they want to give us something. I lean up and there is no one there. So I just go, brah. And I flip out, you know, because we have already had ridiculous experiences. So I flip out, I sling my head back. For some reason, I automatically think someone pulled my hair. Nobody pulled my hair. I intentionally slung my head back, <laughs> smashed it off the seatbelt. It, it was a mess. Quickly threw it in reverse and got out of there. She had me check the uh, back seat, make sure there was no intruders. A couple times with yeah. masks on. She didn't trust me, so the second time she had to look too, so. I did. After our pizza party, we got back to work. We went up to the attic where the dungeon is. Patients would be jailed and chained up in the attic for breaking the rules. Some even died while chained up. I think our tour guide mentioned two that she knew of. Yeah, I think so. But we got no activity up in the attic on either neither the orphanage side or the side where the patients would be chained up. And I don't think we kind of, we didn't really discuss no, the orphanage. So they would house children and mentally ill patients up in up in the attic and they would move all of the mentally ill patients into the orphanage anytime somebody would come for an inspection and just hope nobody went and looked yeah and i guess the only thing that we had happen in the attic up until this point was on our tour dave saw at the end of the hallway where the mentally ill patients were kept he saw something a shadow figure crawling towards us which is just creepy. Yeah. But we walked around and eventually we went back to the basement. Like, surely we've got to get some activity down here. Yeah, it's the morgue. And they had a coffin down there and Katie wanted to lay in it. So, and we got permission. They said as long as we, you know, set the coffin down on the floor that, that we could get into it. And we wanted to do a session in there. Dave noticed a mouse or rat nest in it. So we, Katie elected not to get into the coffin. And, no lamer. And while Sammy was hulking the... <laughs> I am she woman, hear me she roar. Hulking the coffin back up on its stand. Nat and Jacob were playing at the piano and it was sitting there playing and I was actually, I was recording some footage to be able to show you guys like what it looked like down there because we had the lights on at this point. I walk over and I'm beside them and I look out because like it's set up like a square. Like this whole area. Like you walk back and there's this room that has the piano the coffin in it and then there's another door that like leads back to where close to where the stairs are and there's a chair sitting out there and i looked out it was kind of like a wicker chair but there was a woman sitting in it and she had this really long stringy black hair her face was like terrestrial like like oh i will wincy chin yes and but I mean, don't get me wrong, that would have freaked me out, but it it was her eyes. They were like, they were huge. They took up over half of the face, which was, I mean, huge and elongated anyways. But you know, like the masks people wear whenever they're fenced? Right, yeah. Like the, the mesh masks, that's kind of what it looked like, like bug-like. Mm-hmm. They were huge. They popped out a little bit. It was It was strange. I notice nobody else is freaking out, so I quickly say, I need to get upstairs. And so we go upstairs just to cool off, and I quickly sketch what I saw because at that point I couldn't, like, articulate 
what I saw because that was the first time I've ever see, seen anything. Like I, we saw the shadow figure earlier, you know, cool. But this was like I experienced seeing this person right. sitting there, and it, it that's a lot different. It is, especially when they look as weird as this lady did. <laughs> And which is why earlier, whenever we were talking about the old lady spirit that they see, I mean, I, I couldn't tell her age, but I immediately got chills just talking about it. Oh, I, I drew this picture and I'll, I'll put it in here, but don't come for me. I am not an artist. So ugh, that was that was an experience for me. We decided to go and investigate the cemetery and the rain had lightened up because it had rained all evening like it does any time we investigate somewhere. Right. And we got up the first part of the hill because it was like a, a mound and then a hill. <laughs> yeah. And once you get to the top of like the first mound, there is a like roped off, like they roped the area off. We got, we got permission to be there. Like they knew we were going to be investigating up there. I had to like crawl over this, this rope and we had to walk further up the hill to get to where we thought the tombstones were, but they they weren't where we initially went. We, we went right on Stellawitz and... It was weird. Yeah, we decided that we did not need to go any deeper into the woods. Yeah. So we came out, and as we were walking towards where we think the headstones may have been, the rain starts pelting so hard that it's like stinging our skin. It is downpouring. I talk with my hands so bad. It's downpouring the EMF reader, which is the only piece of equipment we took with us because... Paranormal equipment is expensive. Yeah, we didn't want to ruin anything. The EMF reader is 20 bucks. We can get a new one. Yeah, we're looking to upgrade anyway. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really a... It wouldn't have been as big of a loss. It's not like a $500 item. Right. Oh, it's going crazy. The rain starts pelting us. Jacob is gone. Like, yeah, he took two steps and was back inside. He just left us. And then we're trying to move, but it's been raining. So this hill is nothing but mud towards the bottom like where the rope the roped off area is katie and Nat stand on this rope so i don't fall because i don't know if you've listened or watched our hinsdale episode <laughs> but i have a habit of falling whenever we uh you do go investigating so they they help me out we decided at that point to go into the girls room that had a bunch of dolls in it katie wanted to do an estes method so we all gathered around you got her set up with the spirit box, the headset. We were ready to go. She wasn't necessarily answering our questions, but she kept saying things that could be linked back to her. Like she said, semester. She just finished her last semester at college. Six. That's how many classes she took. Crafty. Katie is a cosplayer. She crafts. She makes her own cosplays. Katie heard her name come across the radio and it, she got freaked out so she pulled off the headset and she said as she was pulling the headset off she heard somebody go no so she she took a second and she went back in and it was just it was just a little weird yeah everything that she said that pertained to her katie said she heard in a little girl's voice right. but everything else was in random voices like i mean it's a radio like a, typical yeah you're gonna hear other voices but everything that was accurate for her was she said a little more sound like it was coming through the radio yeah it sounded like they were talking to her right so we went back up to the attic to try again because surely we can't come here and not experience anything in the attic except dave seeing the the crawling right. figure 
So Sammy and Clint both did as to sessions up there. Sammy's really didn't make any sense. I mean, she was getting the usual. I never make any sense. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but she doesn't listen either, so it's hard to tell why she didn't get it. <laughs> but Clint was getting frustrated because we didn't, you know, see any shot. Like, he didn't see any shadows. We didn't see any doors slam. We didn't see any chairs fly across, you know, like the, the big things you hear about. He likes those big things. He experiences those big things on the daily. His house is haunted. Yes. He so will let us investigate. He holds places to a high standard and gets frustrated when they don't meet that standard. Which, but I mean, I get I it. I get it. But, but as we've discussed before, we can't. That's not everybody's experience every yeah. time. Well, we suggested he go into the Estes method. He'd never done it before, so we thought, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. And <laughs> we asked why they weren't showing themselves to Clint, because he didn't see any of the shadows. Not a right. Yeah, okay. I didn't think so. He immediately said, payback. He answered some other questions, but so didn't the EMF reader. Like, every time we would ask a question, they would jump up to red as if for yes, and it would corroborate kind of what Clint had was saying, too. Yeah. At one point, we asked, why don't you like Clint? And Clint's response was, gonorrhea. <laughs> to be clear, no one on our team is suffering with any infections like that. So we all just thought it was really funny. And we, we just pulled him out. Like, come on. Like, this is... I guarantee you that just came through the radio. Yeah. I mean... It was probably a medication advertisement. Probably. <laughs> We pulled him out, and Dave had actually chained himself up down there to see if it would spike any more activity. Yeah, and it it didn't, as far as we as far as we knew. So we went back downstairs so Nat could do the Estes method in the girls' room as well because Katie had such a good experience there. Nat hadn't really gotten a chance to go under, and she normal. If you watched our Madison video, you can see an amazing Estes method session that Nat did in the Devil's Toy Box. There, I highly recommend you checking it out. Nat loves the S's because I, they come like they come through and they always do. spot on. It's crazy. But the whole time we were there, the stairs were wet. The building sweats. We've had some fluctuating temperatures. It was to be expected. And the tour guide warned us, like, be careful. Right. You will slip because the steps were like a linoleum. They weren't, you know, carpet or anything. Yeah. And, and we were all very conscious of this all night. Like, there was one staircase we avoided because of how wet it yeah. was. And we could tell, like, somebody's going to get hurt on here. So we just avoided it. Get our way down. Making our way downtown. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get down the stairs. And Dave actually stops walking forward and turns and, like, sidesteps down. And as he's coming off the stairs, his foot, he plants his foot. And he felt, at this point, we don't know that this is happening. But he felt something grab underneath his foot and the back of his lower calf and pull him down the stairs. We just see him fall, which yeah. isn't the norm for Dave. And he got up laughing. So we had the feeling he really didn't want to talk about it right there. Yeah, it got gave us kind of weird vibes. And then just a few moments later, Clint is doubled over in pain, like took him to a knee, which isn't exactly abnormal for Clint. Yeah, he gets frequent um, stomach pains just due to some previous surgeries he's had. Yeah, and some, some issues he has. So that yeah. 
that wouldn't have freaked us out had it not been on the tail end of Dave falling like that. It was that. so coincidental. And it was approaching two, and it's like, what, what's going on? So we, Sammy and I kind of decided like, okay, we, we need to go home, which full disclosure, I was ready to go home the hour before. I, once we got soaking wet, we couldn't get warm. Like we went out to the cars to try and dry off, get warm, and it just, it wasn't working. My so, pants were still wet the next day when I went to put them in the hamper. So I wasn't like begging, begging to stay either at this point. Yeah. But once those two events happened, it's like, okay, may- maybe we need to go ahead. <laughs> so at that point we decided Natalie's Estes method session, because we didn't want to deprive her of that. That would be yeah. the last thing that we did. She had support like with Katie and Jacob and Dave and Clint. Sammy and I decided to go ahead and go pick up our cameras. So Dave didn't have to go on stairs anymore. And because Clint was in so much pain, we wanted to be able to get done, get out, call it a day. So we start going, packing up, getting the cameras, making sure we packed everything and left about 2 a.m. As we were packing, Dave tells me and Sammy, once they were done with their session, you know, everyone, they started gathering their their things. And Dave tells me and Sammy that he has a burning sensation on his left hip, which doesn't make any sense because as he was going down the stairs, he landed on his right hip. Yeah. So the, his rail was behind him and he fell on his right side. Yes. And he fell towards the bottom of the stairs. You really would think it would be his right hip that's bothering him. Right. But he said there was like a burning sensation on the left side. And he's like, he, you know, Sam's like, well, let me see. <laughs> he's like, okay. <laughs> so he shows us and there are these three deep red scratches that went from like hip down his thigh. Yeah. I have a picture of it, but it wasn't until a little bit later because Dave didn't want to get everyone else freaked out because we were leaving and he came to find out he was yoinked down the stairs. Right. But he wanted to make sure we all got out safely. So we, he told us about it. I did snag a picture of it, which I'll insert if I haven't already. But just picture, imagine that picture as more red three scratches. Yeah, you can still see a scratch on it, but it's not as prominent as it right. was like 20 minutes before. We didn't get a lot of evidence with our equipment, which with <laughs> if you are also an investigator, you understand that, you know, we put put the money into our equipment and then for the ghost to be like, nah, right. We're not going to use that. Our flashlights, the one SLS image we got, and that was it. EMF reader jumped a few times. Yeah, but nothing like we usually get. Not a REM pod hit. And the dowsing rods. Those dowsing yeah. rods should have worked. There's no reason that it at least shouldn't have tried to find the spring. Right. So, I mean, we didn't get a lot of physical evidence. But I tell you what. what personal experiences. I have never. Like, we've been to a few places. We've seen a few things. We've experienced a few things. But no, nothing like here. I've never seen a full-bodied person. I've never seen a shadow figure like that. It was an experience. I highly recommend going and checking it out for yourself. It seems like everybody has a different experience there. Yeah. But a lot of it is visual. It, it really is. Make sure you go check out Madison Seminary and Fairfield Infirmary. They're both ran by the same person. The staff are great. The owner's great. Yeah, Adam, thank you so much for letting us come to both of your places in January. Yeah. We, we appreciate it. We had a great time at both locations. Go to their Facebook pages, and I believe you'll find all the booking information there. 
and you can message them on Facebook to get your night booked. And they're really quick about getting back with you. It's absolutely worth it. If you're going in the winter, though, be prepared. Bring layers, <laughs> bring blankets. So make sure you check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube if you're not already watching us over there at Spooky Sleuths Pod. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel because we throw out some new content every week. Drop some comments if there's anything that we missed in the footage that we'll play for you on YouTube. Yeah, let us know. Um, we would love to know. Go back and look at it. Make sure you subscribe, comment, like. Make sure you smash that like button. And on that note, stay, stay spooky, spooky, friends. Thank you.